0: Hi and welcome back to the Everyday Fitness and Wellbeing podcast. It's been a while, but we're back. Now in this episode, I chat to Fidella Hilali about her book Stuffed and the topic of emotional eating. Well, we recorded this at the start of 2018, but the, the topics aren't going away. We, we cover food guilt, unhealthy gym bunnies, the Insta food police, you could say, and of course the Diet Merry-Go-Round. So without further ado, let's get stuck in. Now, hi Fidella, how are you? Um,
1: good. Thanks for having me.
0: Good. Now, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat, and I particularly wanted to speak to you about your book, Stuffed, How to Feel So Good About Yourself You Won't Have Room for Cake. And yes, listeners, that is the name of the title.
1: That's the one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let's uh, get into that book, really. I I really enjoyed it, and uh, it tackles emotional eating And uh, perhaps you could briefly define your definition of emotional eating.
1: Yeah. So for me, writing this book was very much about uh, creating something that I would have liked to read many years ago when I was struggling with my well-being. Uh, And it's funny because when it comes to food, we often think that food in itself is something that needs to be tackled when oftentimes the relationship we have with food is a symptom of other things that are going on in our life. So the way I wrote the book was very much about understanding why some of us seem to effortlessly be able to have a relatively balanced diet, um, be completely unconcerned with controlling how much food they have or how much food they don't have, while the rest of us, like myself, would constantly worry about gaining weight, constantly worry about what to eat, how to eat, and most importantly, controlling uh, ourselves around food because we feel that somehow, if we let go of that control, we're just going to go crazy. Mm. And the other side of it is also using food as a simple coping mechanism, using food for comfort, using food to deal with stress, with worry, boredom, things that are very normalized in today's society, but over a long period of time start to backfire and make us gain weight, feel you know self-conscious, and so on.
0: Right, I see. I want to talk more later about your journey actually because you said quite a bit there about you felt you could have done with that book years ago but um, another point you made just a second ago was about this normalizing of eating for reasons other than sustenance etc and the whole calories and the and the to lose weight and this pressure etc and for that reason, I enjoyed the book several times. I, I had to keep going back to it, and this returning to it almost like a textbook um, made me think that it'd be, it's something that would be a really useful tool for personal trainers, coaches, um, people in the well being space because of these messages of calories in, calories out, etc., cetera, uh-huh. um, oh, too little exercise, too much junk, which kind yeah. of makes it, makes it so simplistic, and yet um, it seems that they're missing the point. It kind of reminds me of that Emperor's New Clothes, where everyone's talking about sets and reps and macros, and, uh-huh. and, and you've written a whole book on what affects so many of us, the emotional side or attachment that we put to food um, Yeah. So the,
1: so the premise of it is, is really simple and if you think about it from a personal trainer perspective or any sort of health professional uh, people who get excellent results uh, using weight and manage to sustain that weight loss over a period of time without any complications are usually people who didn't have any sort of knowledge or understanding of healthy eating. They just lack these basic pieces of information. And Mm. that works great. Oh, my goodness, I'm supposed to eat more vegetables. And and they just were not aware. Oh, I'm drinking too many fizzy drinks. So that's Mm. quite easy to remove and adjust. But the rest of us are very well informed. We're educated. We read. We're interested. We follow, you know, fitness influencers, nutrition influencers. And it's not from a lack of information. And it's not because we're lacking the desire to make it happen. We want to make it happen. And somehow... Along the journey, within a couple of days, <laughs> things seem to just crash. And that's where the frustration comes. So we're, find that we're finding ourselves going from one extreme to the other. So I'm either on a very, very healthy streak
0: yeah. or
1: I'm being naughty. And, um, and, and, and naughty essentially is a synonym for binging. So mm. I'm either being really good or I'm being bad. And if there's a lot of ha, 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 you know. <laughs> Monday to Friday, I'm I'm healthy, I'm so good, and then I'm being naughty on weekends, and that unfortunately doesn't balance out.
0: I would would I guess some would say oh that's uh, what's wrong with that, but uh, I guess <sighs> there's people that are struggling out there, and even though it's an accepted well certainly here in the West, it may seem on the surface like an accepted norm, almost something to talk about at work of oh yeah I fell off the wagon. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna start again on Monday. Monday
1: is the equivalent of a New Year's resolution, (laughs) except that it's even shorter. (laughs) And every Monday there seems to be this brand new diet, this brand new resolve, and what people don't understand is that and and they're being very harsh on themselves I don't and I say people including myself yeah. is that it's it is not a willpower issue it's not just about your willpower it's mm. also physiological and your body gets used to you know certain rewards you start to associate food with certain um, you know, emotional states unconsciously, so mm. it just happens, so we end up beating ourselves up, oh, I just wish I had more discipline, mm. I wish I had more willpower, sure. when in reality these two things are important but they will only take you so far, which is why it's so important to snap out of this um, you know, routine of undereating Monday to Friday and then overeating on the weekends mm. because it just disrupts your natural, you know, hunger signals, your hormones as well get, you know, get unbalanced because of that. And yeah, sure. you might think that it doesn't have an impact, but binge eating, just like binge drinking, the <laughs> next morning you wake up and you feel vile. Yeah. And there's no denying that. No one feels amazing, full of energy after having a, <laughs> you know, a large pizza at 3 a.m. No one does.
0: <laughs> okay. So, from an early age, let's go back um, or at least share some of your experience, which you cover in the book. It's, it's there. Um, I do, yes. So, from an early age, you, you know, like many of us, you would have had heard many of these messages, ideologies, and I call them mantras sometimes, about calories and... Um,
1: fat
0: fat. and carbs and carbs oh carbs are bad oh that's just a whole nother story isn't it really um you saw dietitians not everyone goes out to see a dietitian you struggled with weight you had other health professionals you got on the the gym bunny bandwagon you even called yourself a gym bunny which you... I
1: still am, uh, but the gym bunny that I used to be was not the healthy kind. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, yeah. Let's share, share what would you your your definition of that unhealthy gym bunny? Just so
1: into. for me, the attending gym classes uh, at the time was very much about trying to burn off calories. So it wasn't even about the enjoyment of the activity itself, as opposed to now. I'm still a regular um, exerciser. I mean, I you know i, I do crossfit I, I exercise i would say at least 5 times uh, a week but the difference is that sometimes it might only be for 20 minutes and i still qualify that as exercise because it makes me feel good it gets my you know my circulation going i feel amazing afterwards in the past i would select my activity based on okay spinning burns this much mm. and i would have two classes back to back, even though I felt exhausted because I felt (laughs) that I needed to undo some of the damage from the night before, or perhaps the damage I anticipated I would do uh, over the next 24 hours. So that's what I mean by the unhealthy relationship with exercise. And the truth of the matter is exercise has helped me with my emotional being over the years, except that I took it too far at one point. And it made me lose the joy of just being there at the gym and having a good time and going to a dance class or or a kickboxing class, things I did for enjoyment.
0: Sure, sure. So, of of course, um, the the key to... Uh, Regular exercise isn't just about going to the gym. So there are other activities that folk can do. Um, I just figured I'd throw that in. But I, I wanted to mention the whole, you know, your your journey of being obsessive with the gym. Uh, Even if some people think that you're obsessive going five times a week. I don't personally, but it's... I mean, when
1: I say five five times a week as well, um, it's also exercising at home. It's not necessarily in a gym environment and it could be yoga. Exactly. Three of those five times. But to me, it's all at the same level because I'm not counting it. I'm not looking at it from a a calorie burning, sweat producing (laughs)
0: standpoint. Sure. And you couldn't have put it better... But that's the message I really wanted to get across, actually, is, is the perspective of how you approach the exercise and what you're doing it for. Um, whereas in the past it was, I've binged, I need to do something about it, and very much a reactive um, approach to, to, um, to eating, etc. With that background, and since writing, the current mindset this mindset uh, that we've kind of hopefully touched upon about whether it's gym culture whether it's exercising to burn off calories the current mindset and trend around food influenced by social media etc here in the west what how do you feel that's playing out
1: i think more scrutiny on what we eat, I think it adds a lot of pressure. I even find myself, if I ever posted a picture of a meal, uh, so much goes through my mind before I post it because Mm. there's a lot of shaming. There's a lot of um, units of food police (laughs) over on social media. (laughs) So sometimes I just skip it all together just to avoid that. But it is true that now what you're eating is everyone's business. Yeah. And you know, it would be interesting. Sometimes I've even heard but in in a in a lighthearted, you know, humorous way, what do you want to eat and it's like something that's Instagram worthy. <laughs> um and yes, it's funny, but there is some serious truth to it because sure, yeah. you don't want to just post the the odd um, you know, and and now we have to, we make these claims and we carry it like a badge of honor. Plant-based this-based, uh, keto-based, you know, uh, paleo, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. What I find slightly concerning is the need to brandish it like this sort of banner and that it becomes a part of our identity. Um, and there's nothing wrong with having any sort of identity. What's problematic to me is the need to prove to others that we are a certain way, which can lead to unhealthy, obsessive uh, tendencies. Uh, Even with orthorexia, which is, you know, the obsession with eating the right sort of food, like clean eating taken to the extreme. There are people who air quotes clean eat and are perfectly healthy and unconcerned. And it's just pretty organic for for themselves and their life and others that just take it to the other extreme so my advice to people is find the right formula find what works for you it's like a recipe it's not going to be the same thing for everybody what you like may not be what works for me what gives me energy what um i digest easily may well be the opposite for you so give yourself the opportunity to trust your body and experiment it's not because someone in a food plan. You know, said that eating a protein-rich breakfast is ideal. Yes, sure, I'm sure it is ideal for many people. But is it for you? Try it and question it. Don't just take everything at face value and blindly try to implement it into your life. You wouldn't do that with other activities. So food is very personal. Like when did we lose complete faith in our body? They know. They know exactly, and, and the main indicator is how quickly you digest, your emotional well-being, um, your focus as well. Sometimes you will eat a meal and just feel so lethargic. This is an indication that perhaps you should tweak it or have it at another time. You don't need to be a you know a, a guru to know mm. that. You just have to listen.
0: Mm. I think there's a lot of points there that you highlight in the book, which I found refreshing. You didn't talk about diets. Obsess- it was
1: more about why most diets, the overwhelming majority of diets, do not work and it has yeah. nothing to do with you and I or sure. anyone on a diet. They're just their design I mean the game is rigged.
0: Yeah, <laughs> It sure. doesn't
1: matter how many times you try it. Sure. To sustain sure. that level of, you know, nutrition mm. and focus and, and, you know, the calories you ingest, it's just not sustainable over the long term. So there's nothing wrong with you. We often think like, oh, if I only found that right one, you know, <laughs> I know I would make it work. <laughs> but
0: and, you, and you can't. Com- it's rigged. From, sorry. <laughs> sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, that's coming. I remember because that's coming from you, you ch- said again in the book how you tried several uh diets i about, tried them all <laughs> <laughs> over and over again and yet uh, you use uh, you give a bit of a framework and uh i mean hopefully people will um look up the book is available on amazon etc for me my interpretation is that i found this book talks to a wider audience that may have tr- be just dabbling with diets and yet at the same time, also those that may think of themselves as clean eaters, etc. So it, there's multiple levels there. It's moving away from diets and just this whole, this emphasis and pressure people can put on themselves when it comes to food.
1: Do what works for you the same way you would do that in other areas of your life. You're not trying to be a carbon copy of your colleague at work and trying to have the same sense of humor and, Mm. you know, become a clone of somebody else. Why, why try to do that when it comes to your health, which is so personal. You don't know these people's, Mm. you know, medical histories. You don't know what their, uh, you know, natural metabolism is, is like, You, you have no information whatsoever. And yet you, You get disheartened, and I I know I I used to get disheartened. We get disheartened because we're not getting the same results. When, you know, your body shape might just be different. I mean, I'm from Morocco. (laughs) I grew up with a different diet than, you know, someone who grew up in Australia. So these are all things that matter. They all, it's an ecosystem. You can't just isolate one thing and expect there might be a correlation, but it is not necessarily a causation. Mm. for for or for a given outcome. And and that's what I just want to encourage people to, you know, look at and realize that there's nothing wrong with them. They're not broken. Mm. It's just not mm. meant to work. There a lot of these things are short-lived. There's a reason people stay in these, you know, slimming plugs forever <laughs> <laughs> because you can't sustain it on your own. Hello.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um yeah, Really, really useful advice there. I I hope uh, uh, the listeners get some value, uh, some takeaways there that they can even share with people they know um, who are stuck on this, almost like a treadmill or a hamster wheel of vicious cycle of... um, yeah dieting and denial perhaps
1: yeah that's that's what i refer to as the dieting cycle of helplessness you diet you lose a little bit of weight you get really excited then you slip up you feel guilty you try to undo it you fail you eat some more and then you diet you gain weight
0: (laughs) and you go back yeah yeah and so and you break break it down you you don't have a diet in there whatsoever and it, it almost seems like a 101 of right back to basics um and a, a way forward, certainly for those who really feel lost. I, uh, I think it's, it's it's very useful. Anyway, moving on, another theme I think runs through that is stress, uh, or I, I kept mentioning it as pressure—the pressure folk put on themselves um, when it comes to whether it's appearance, weight loss, eating a certain way, etc. Mm-hmm. We've just touched upon the stress, perhaps through social media, etc. cetera, hopefully folk are wising up to the fact that nothing's that perfect, or, or the images uh, that are seen aren't always a true reflection of real life. But you also provide coaching, and yeah. uh, I was hoping you'd be able to tell us a little bit more about that, and LinkedIn too what I've just uh, introduced this question about stress, whether that features within your coaching. um, I
1: think a lot of people have uh, very high expectations, which is wonderful. Uh, We are not saying that people should not have ambitions and, you know, ambition and aspirations. uh, But there is a certain tendency to um, harsh criticism. And what I've noticed throughout my coaching is that the, the criticism is so much more detrimental when it comes from ourselves. Because whilst the outside world is not always kind, but it's somehow never as bad as what goes on in our head. The words we use, the frequency uh, of, of the criticism that we self-impose is just astounding. And it does have an impact and there is this belief that if you're not tough on yourself you're going to be complacent and i disagree with that i think you can be um you can uphold high standards i think you can always aspire to do more to do better when you know better but it does not require meanness you do not need to be mean to make it happen. And that's where people miss it. And the whole self-deprecation where it's like, oh, I'm just so stupid or I'm just, you know, I'm just a big old fat, you know, this or that. It is so detrimental and it will back backfire because in a way you're getting used to this narrative. And guess what? It becomes, it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy and people don't realize that. And I work with people who are doing so well at work. So well, I mean, in terms of professional achievements on paper, it's wonderful. Uh, but what goes on behind the scenes is this really, really um, real struggle between the voice, the inner criticism, and what actually happens. And it's so easy to conclude that nothing we ever do is good enough, oh. and that just ruins the present moment. It it prevents us from being happy and my philosophy is all about feeling good to do good there's nothing wrong with feeling happy and proud of your achievements and yet still aspire to do better in the future and that's where you know things get a little bit lost and confusing uh for a lot of uh, people out there and i and i used to be um you know stuck in in it, it was like a land of when i'm perfect i'll be happy so if i lose weight uh, i'll find love if um, i make more money i'll feel more successful if i feel more successful i'll be happy and it was essentially in a nutshell if i'm perfect then life will finally be good and i would reach this milestone that milestone and i would still feel empty and when i was feeling empty guess what i went to food
0: Mm. that's a tough one you know because that reminds me of uh just something I'm picking up on what you said there about the goal setting, the perfection thing. Um, yeah. I, I throw in the word goal setting is it, it, often in the past I'd make the mistake of using, oh, if you fit into that dress, uh, I'd be coaching PT clients. They'd come to me saying, oh, this is a dress. I need to fit into this dress, etc. Now, I know short-term goals and something... Uh, in a different context, it was better than standing on the scales, you know, fitting, sure. fitting into a pair of jeans, et cetera. But yeah. I, do, I do remember it was the be-all and end-all. Everything would be perfect once they fitted into items of clothing. Once they got to a size 12, everything would open up. And I knew it was flawed until I did an experiment myself where... I did some rapid weight loss and uh, experiment, and I lost something like a, uh, I know we're going slightly off topic here, but um, I just thought I'd share this. I, I lost mm-hmm. something like three quarters of a stone in a real short period of time, and I documented it. Um, yeah. Sure, it was under two weeks. Yeah, sure, wow. I felt faint. Yeah, I know, I know, it was it was. Starvation inducing and whatnot. It was ridiculous, uh. absolutely ridiculous. I put two weeks later, it was all back on. But the for the first time, just standing, looking down at the scales, I was like, "Well, this is what this must be. What goes through goes through people's heads? This same euphoria of wow, I I feel trimmer. Uh, the scales is telling me this." and yet so so I. so think, what
1: yeah <laughs> then and, what
0: then what indeed because two weeks later it's all gone so it was very short-lived and uh even though i achieved a goal um my life wasn't miraculously better etc okay so how can people get in contact with you um I, it'd be nice to talk more about your 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 coaching perhaps we we'll, we will we'll talk again on a Uh, on a shorter podcast and and go more into the mindset of of uh, of uh what's it called limiting beliefs etc and and if i just scroll back very briefly the you touched upon what some people interpret as mindfulness or, or stopping and pausing and appreciating where they're at right now what about the journey right now? What about your own happiness right now? What can yeah. you change now? So I'd imagine your coaching is quite, quite something. You must have, uh, quite. Yeah, a the way
1: I look at it, um, creating happiness right now guarantees better results, goals being achieved in the future. That's mm. just how I look at it. It's not stalling your progress. It's quite the opposite. You're more likely to stick. To whatever changes you're trying to implement if you're feeling good about it if you're excited if you're enjoying if you're slowing down to appreciate and when you're slowing down you're less prone to uh, overthinking loops which (laughs) never (laughs) lead to any solutions but you know rather more um, distress the more we think about something the more analytical we are Um, after a while it, it just backfires instead of leading to solutions it creates bigger problems. And that's very much what my coaching is about, breaking some of these patterns that keep us uh, getting in our own way. It's just us. Sure. Um, and it's so effective because it's simple. Simple is great.
0: So. <laughs> simple works. How yes. can How can folks get in contact with you then? Come on, let's… Uh, uh... Yeah,
1: so you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my username is Fadella Wellbeing. Or just on my website, there's a contact form, and the website is fadelahilali.com
0: Okie dokie. I'll put that in the show notes and description. And again, thanks for your time. Um, Thank
1: you so much for having me. No, really enjoyed our chat.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and if, you, if you've ever got time in the future, it'd be nice to do a part two and get a little bit more into the to the mindset, perhaps some simple steps, everyday steps that you can share based on the, the people you talk to every day. Um, Would love to. Excellent. Thanks again, Fidela. Thank you. Bye bye. And there we have it. So special thanks to those of you listening to for the first time. And of course, those of you patiently returning for this new season of monthly episodes. I hope you enjoyed it. And, If so, feel free to subscribe or leave a review. Until next time, cheers.